welcome to this podcast summary of the meeting of the IAASB held in New York City the week of December 7, 2015. I'm Kathy Healy, Technical Director of the IAASB. I'm joined by Professor Arnold Childer, Chairman of the Board, Chuck Landis, the IAASB Deputy Chair, and IAASB members Annette Kohler, Rich Sharko, and Megan Zietzman. Welcome all. Arnold, could I ask you to start with an overview of this week's meeting? Of course, uh, Kathy. Thanks. Um, yeah, I think in all fairness, it has been a very rich and a very successful meeting. We had ample discussions on all four of our priority projects, and these are quality control, uh, group audits, professional skepticism, and accounting estimates, including special aspects of financial institutions. And uh, significant portion of the meeting therefore was dedicated to what we call the upcoming invitation to comment which is a fairly lengthy consultation document um, about three of the four topics uh, quality control group audits and uh, professional skepticism but we also approved a project proposal to revise ISA 540 which is about accounting estimates and fair values and related topics for financial institutions so that work will advance as well. Um, you will hear more about that from Rich uh, Sharko. Finally, at the end of the week, um, this morning, um, the IAASB therefore approved the consultation document, this, this invitation to comment, um, unanimously and also wholeheartedly, with a lot of support and enthusiasm and dedication. And my sincere congratulations to Megan and her team for achieving that. What is on the forefront of our minds with this document is to engage in the best possible way our many stakeholders around the world. And that's not only those who have a bit more affinity for the, let's say, the technical aspects. I'm thinking here of regulators um, and standard setters and practitioners but also the wider group of stakeholders, and then I'm thinking about investors and members of audit committees, directors, um, who not usually will have a direct engagement with the very technical discussions, but in the end what we want to achieve is enhancing audit quality from a public interest perspective. So it's very relevant to the quality of audits that they are using, receiving, uh, or committing to. And therefore, we have also a new type of document, then we call that an overview. Um, it's much shorter than this ITC, although still close to 30 pages. And we really have given it effort, and we will further do so in the days to come, to make that very readable, very accessible. So we do and hope to engage with users as much as we can. And uh, finally, I would also like to note that uh, we approved um, the revision of Standard 810 on summary financial statements. My congratulations here to Annette Keuler, and she will address that in a bit more of detail. Thank you. Thank you, Arnold. Megan, can you give us some more insight on the board's work on quality control and group audits as described in our ITC? Uh, sure, Kathy, I'd be happy to. Um, 
So I think, um, as Arnold uh, teed off, we, we were very successful this week in getting our, um, our overview and our ITC out the door, um, which we're very excited about. Um, so this document includes, um, as you mentioned, uh, addresses the topics of professional skepticism, quality control, and group audits. Um, so I'll leave it to Annette to talk a little bit more about professional skepticism. Um, but I think really the, the, the discussions of quality control and group audits this, this week, I would say, were really um, probably just fine-tuning um, and, and, and putting some final touches on a lot of the material that we had already discussed a couple uh, in a couple of meetings. So I think we made some enhancements and some clarifications. We got some great input from the board, and we were able to turn the documents during the week. So um, I think in particular, we made some refinements to our section where we explain the use of a, um, a quality management approach um, and where, we're where we raise the discussion about uh, revising ISQC-1 to, to actually incorporate the use of this kind of a, um, an approach. Um, we did, however, emphasize that regardless of how we decide to move forward, we, re we, we recognize there are a number of issues which are outlined in our documents, um, and we will be moving forward on exploring what we can do to address those regardless, but we're interested in hearing the views of our stakeholders as to whether uh, using a quality management approach uh, will be a really good way um, to, to address those issues. Uh, we've also made it clear that with respect to some of the things that we are actually uh, raising in the, in the ITC, uh, that there are some mixed views. So even to date, we've had some mixed views from around the table and from, uh, from others who have provided us input. Um, and particularly, I'll just call out two issues. The one would be in the area of transparency reporting, um, and the other would be with respect to uh, quality control-related policies and procedures at the network level, acknowledging that uh, many firms operate um, as part of, uh, of networks or as, as alliances of firms. So I think we've, we've, done a, we've tried to be transparent in our documents that there, there are some ver a variety uh, of views, and we're looking forward to hearing from stakeholders um, about their uh, thoughts on how we can move forward. I mean, just a couple more words with respect to how to respond to our documents. Um, we are looking at trying to develop some uh, kind of companion pieces and things that will help different types of stakeholders understand what we're doing and how best to, uh, to give us our input. So there will be some guides for certain stakeholder groups that, we're that, that we will develop um, and make available uh, in early in the new year. Uh, and then uh, lastly but not least, we're, we obviously are planning a very significant outreach plan that will go along with our, um, with our ITC, and we're looking forward to hearing from a very broad range of stakeholders about all of our very important projects. Thanks, Megan. We will be issuing the overview in the ITC in the near future, so I would encourage our listeners to check our website at www.iwasb.org or follow us on Twitter at, at IWASBnews um, to see that when it's released. It'll be out for consultation for a 150-day comment period, and the board will then take that input as well as the feedback we hear from the outreach that Megan mentioned um, to move forward on presenting standard-setting project proposals later in 2016. Annette, the ITC also addresses the um, topic of the appropriate application of professional skepticism in an audit. Can you tell us a bit more about the board's discussions on that this week? Sure, thank you. Um, the IAASB considered a presentation from two academics, that's uh, Joe Brazel from North Carolina State University and Tammy Schaefer from University of Missouri, Kansas City. 
um, with state-of-the-art academic research related to professional skepticism for the period 2013 to 2015. Um, this research has served to inform the professional skepticism section of the ITC and it will of course also support the uh, professional skepticism working group's uh, work. The professional skepticism project is at a different stage from the group audits and quality control projects and as a consequence the professional uh, skepticism section of the ITC reflects that. Um, it also explains the uh, issues related to the application of professional skepticism in audits. Um, it provides a listing of potential areas to be explored and it indicates some of the areas in the IAASB standards that will likely be impacted as a result of the project. The ITC also explains how professional skepticism drives auditor action and describes the important link between professional skepticism as an attitude, um, professional judgment, as well as documentation as a means of evidencing the application of professional skepticism. The ITC explains the various factors that influence the application of professional skepticism, for example, skills and competencies, but also personality traits and biases. Um, at the engagement level, for example, staffing and time pressure, and at the firm-specific level, factors like firm culture, tone at the top, rewards and incentives. In addition to that, the document also refers to other external environmental factors such as local norms and uh, particularly culture. The Professional Skepticism Joint Working Group includes representatives of the International Ethics Standards Board for Accountants and the International Accounting Education Standards Board. Um, while the ITC's focus is on the IAASB standards and the action that the IAASB may take with respect to professional skepticism, um, the other two standard-setting boards have both expressed their commitment to contribute to this very important initiative and also look forward to being informed by the responses to the IAASB's ITC. The IAASB hopes to hear from its stakeholders about what they believe are the key drivers and uh, impediments with respect to the application of professional skepticism in audits. Uh, in particular, we are interested in knowing about the uh, specific actions that the IAASB and also others like engagement partners, firms, those charged with governance, but also regulators and others can and should take in order to effectively respond to this very important public interest issue. Thank you, Annette. Rich, perhaps I can turn to you now um, to bring us up to speed on the board's discussions this week on the topics of auditing accounting estimates and issues related to financial institutions. Sure, Kathy. The ISB approved a project proposal to revise ISA 540. Consistent with the discussions at the September IS IWSB meeting, the project will be a holistic revision of the standards rather than one focusing first on financial institution audits. While the ISA 540 project is, I'm sorry, while ISA 540 is already a robust standard, 
The project believes that it's worth examining whether changes are needed in light of the evolving accounting standards and audit practice. In summary, the project objectives are to establish a more robust requirements and appropriately detailed guidance to foster audit quality, and determine whether non-authoritative guidance and support tools such as IAPNs, staff publications, project updates, or other materials should be developed to address special audit considerations relevant to financial institutions and to supplement the revisions to ISO 540. This project will also seek to emphasize the importance of the appropriate application of professional skepticism in auditing and accounting estimates. Accordingly, the ISO 540 Task Force will liaise with the Professional Skepticism Working Group. The project has an ambitious timeline as is intended that an exposed draft will be approved in, in Q4 2016. As such, significant discussions will take place at the IWSB meetings in 2016 to progress the project. The IWSB also discussed a draft project publication that explains the IWSB's project so far, links to the project pr uh, proposal, and explains the way forward for the project. Importantly, the project publication also included the ISA 540 Task Force initial thinking on some of the audit issues identified around the new expected credit loss model in IFRS 9 and how these issues may be addressed in the ISA 540 project. The IWSB asked the task force to consider whether the document could be restructured to make clear the objectives of the document. It was also suggested that the material on how the issues may be addressed in the, in the ISA 540 project could be expanded to make it more useful to readers. Finally, it was noted that a clear list of issues or action items may help the readers track the IWSB's progress on the issues. The IWSB will discuss the project publication again at its January teleconference. At the March 2016 IWSB meeting, the IWSB will have discussion on the issues, uh, significant issues to be addressed in the revision of ISA 540. The task force will also continue to reach out to stakeholders to ensure the relevant issues are being appropriately considered. Thank you, Rich. And as Arnold mentioned, we've now finalized our standard addressing audits of summary financial statements. Can you provide us an update of the board's discussions this week? Oh, yes, of course. Um, during the week, the IAASB asked for certain changes to the uh, draft ISA. Um, these changes included relocating and clarifying the material, addressing the auditor's work on information attached to the summary financial statements, um, including making specific reference to considering the implications for the auditor's report, um, making it mandatory that the ISA 810 auditor's report includes a statement if the auditor's report on the audited financial statements describes an uncorrected material misstatement of the other information according to ISA 720. The board approved consequential amendments resulting from the new and revised auditor reporting standards to ISA 810 engagements to report on summary financial statements. ISA 810 will be published once the PIOB has approved the due process followed in their development and will be effective for audits of financial statements for periods ending on or after December 15, 2016. It was agreed that effective dates will also be aligned with auditor reporting. This is a significant achievement as this completes our significant efforts in the last 
five years to enhance the auditor's report. Indeed, Annette. Thank you very much. Finally, Chuck, could you uh, tell us about some other topics discussed at this week's board meeting as well? Thank you, Kathy. Uh, I do want to just say a few words about uh, three other presentations uh, that we had this week and, and the importance of those presentations to the board. Uh, first, we had feedback from the International Ethics Standards Board uh, in relationship to their project addressing noncompliance with laws and regulations, uh, what we commonly refer to as our NOCLAR uh, project, and that was very informative to the board since we have our own exposure draft on proposed standards responding uh, to that noncompliance ethical change. And so it was important for us to hear from uh, their group to make sure that we're working in concert with them. Uh, secondly, uh, we had a wonderful presentation from Stephen Hedrill, uh, CEO of the Financial Reporting Council in, in the UK and the work that they're doing over there, particularly as it has related to auditor reporting and CAMs and some of the very innovative uh, projects that they have going on. And so it was interesting now to hear from Stephen in terms of what th they now are looking at uh, over the next three years and uh, very informative to uh, help us at the IAASB think about what we need to be doing. A third presentation that we heard was also a, a very informative uh, update by Mary Tokar, who's a member of the IASB, the International Accounting Standards Board, and particularly Mary uh, provided us an update on the expected credit loss project, and, and that was very informative to us to help us better understand how we can move forward with auditing uh, estimates. Finally, I do want to just say a few words about uh, some outreach programs. Uh, and while the board and staff have been very busy uh, with many outreach programs, I want to specifically highlight uh, a week that several of us spent in Australia and New Zealand. And uh, certainly to thank those that spent hours organizing and planning and pulling together just a wonderful group of uh, different uh, stakeholders for, uh, for us to meet with. It was extremely, extremely informative. Uh, we had the pleasure of meeting uh, w with auditors in, in practice, with standard setters, with regulators, users, of course, uh, which we're always interested in talking with, as well as preparers and representatives from the director community. So it, it was just a fascinating and very rewarding, rewarding week that we uh, were able to spend down there. Thank you, Chuck. Arnold, do you have any other final remarks before we conclude this podcast? Well, maybe two. Um, one thing that our audience may usually know as well is that in addition, of course, to the board itself, including its technical advisors and staff working hard on all the issues, we have always the pleasure of um, having as a permanent observer the chairman of our consultative advisory group, Matt Walderen. And again, this meeting I realized how 
helpful it is that we receive the many views from the organizations that are represented in this advisory group through uh, its chairman. And so Matt has been able to come in on all these discussions with views from this wider group of uh, stakeholders. And the other permanent observer is our Public Interest Oversight Board, um, who always sends one of their members to our board meetings to observe the discussions uh, during the whole week. And this time that was Michael Holm of the PIOB. And also Michael came in with several very useful observations, but also, I have to say, stimulus. And that certainly contributes to the quality of our deliberations. So I'm very thankful to both. And the other point, uh, Chuck mentioned the outreach in some part of the world. Um, the board noted at several times that we have been engaging in many discussions and meetings in many parts of the world, and not just the leadership of the board, but also a number of other board members, uh, advisors and staff. And my final message to our audience at the podcast is that wherever you would like to engage with us and to have a meeting, a conversation, uh, a panel, whatever, just let us know, send an email to Kathy, and we will see what we can do. Thanks. Thank you, Arnold. The IAASB's next physical meeting will be held the week beginning March 14th in New York. The board will also hold a teleconference at the end of January 2016. In March, the board will have the opportunity to further consider issues related to the Auditing Accounting Estimates Project, um, agreed upon procedures, integrated reporting, and the board will also kick off its efforts to look at its risk assessment standard ISA 315, which has some linkages to our audit data analytics project, which will also be discussed in March. Our meetings are open to the public, and members of the public may register at ob as observers, uh, with registration information being on our website. This concludes the podcast summary of the IAASB's December 2015 meeting. Meeting highlights and a full audio recording of the board discussions are also available on our website. Thank you for listening.